Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to the Book Collector podcast. Today's podcast is a remarkable article by Emma Walsh, which the Book Collector published in our autumn issue for 2022. It is entitled, 100 Seconds to Midnight, The Origin of a Catalogue on Climate Change. It is read here by Sarah Bennett. In 2019, the climate crisis felt more acute than ever. Extreme weather events had become a permanent fixture of daily news. Out-of-season wildfires raged across California and Australia. Record-breaking typhoons and cyclones hit Japan and Africa. July 2019 was Earth's hottest ever month, and the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists declared this to be the new abnormal. They set the doomsday clock to two minutes to midnight. During the same year, Peter Harrington Limited began to develop a collection charting the history of climate change and environmentalism. We wanted to find out when society became aware of climate change, what the print history looked like, and when phrases like global warming and greenhouse effect first appeared. During the three years that we worked on the project, a climate emergency escalated. The temperatures of July 2019 were outdone in 2020 and 2021. The doomsday clock ticked to 100 seconds to midnight, the clock's closest approach to midnight and the setting which inspired the title of our collection. We were far from the first book dealers to engage with the topic of climate change. There have been excellent lists on climate and many of our colleagues specialise in environmental literature. There seemed to be a gap in the market, however, for a comprehensive overview, stretching from the origins of movable type to the present day. One such overview could also chart how climate science and environmental anxieties have affected the arts, literature, social movements and policymaking. We saw it as an opportunity to contribute in our own way to the contemporary discourse on the environment. I think there is real value in approaching the climate emergency from many angles. The rare book trade cannot solve climate change, but it can offer a new perspective on it and, hopefully, increase awareness and inspire action. Buying and selling books allows us to re-evaluate well-known works and draw attention to forgotten texts in the history of scientific inquiry, particularly with recent papers which have not yet accrued a PMM-like status in the trade. The more we studied the history of climate change, both in terms of human thought and print history, the more interesting it became. The learning curve. We quickly realised just how far back understanding of the climate crisis extended. In the early 19th century, Alexander von Humboldt described nature as a living whole, with organisms bound in a net-like reciprocal relationship. Scholars have credited Humboldt with the developing idea of human-induced climate change, a theory he arrived at while writing works such as his essay on the geography of plants, 1807, Cosmos, 1845-62, and Personal Narrative, from 1814 onwards. Humboldt's ecological outlook had an enormous impact, both inside and outside the scientific community. Edgar Allan Poe dedicated Eureka, 1848, to him, and fashioned it as a direct response to Cosmos. Walt Whitman kept a copy of Cosmos on his desk while he wrote Leaves of Grass, 1855. 
something of Humboldt's method of acknowledging the bigger picture, of actively making connections and recognising cross-pollinated cause and effect, informed the building of this collection. I hoped to use a bibliography that encompassed not only major scientific discoveries, but also art and literature. I wanted to trace how our scientific understanding of the environment had led to broader paradigm shifts and cultural changes. The bibliographies on or related to climate history tend to focus narrowly, either chronologically or in terms of subject. Surveys like Historical Perspectives on Climate Change, 1998, by James Roger Fleming, and A Cultural History of Climate Change, edited by Tom Bristow and Thomas H. Ford, 2016, offer very useful overviews. Spencer Wirtz, the Discovery of Global Warming website, supported by the American Institute of Physics, is impressive, but the earliest work on its bibliography is Benjamin Franklin's Meteorological Imaginations and Conjectures, 1784. Biographies of key scientists made excellent reference points. Andrea Wolfe's 2015 biography of Humboldt and Roland Jackson's 2019 article on Eunice Newton Foote stand out. There appeared, however, to be minimal precedent for a broader cross-sectoral history of climate change, especially in trade and institutional circles. With the help of many books, articles, podcasts, Google searches and colleagues, I drafted a working bibliography. The next step was assessing how viable it would be to develop a rare books collection around this topic. From Aristotle to Attenborough. For every title that I ticked off my wants list, I added another five. A narrative began to form, a story about climate shaped not only by factual discoveries, but also by fraught public debates and creative interpretations. I liked the connections that emerged across the centuries. Meaningful connections revealed themselves between classical meteorological works and modern climate studies. For this reason, the collection opens with Aristotle's Meteorology and Fermin de Beauval's Inmutations Eris. The former marks the growth of meteorology into a science. The latter is a beautiful incunable from 1485, and one of the first weather forecasts ever printed. These works anticipate later text for predicting the weather, such as Minyo Siu Benran, seventeen sixty seven, by Takafusa Nankanishi, which uses volvels to forecast precipitation, and weather prediction by numerical processes, nineteen twenty two, by Lewis F. Richardson, which is the computational basis for modern forecasting. A painstakingly kept logbook of barometric readings taken over nearly four decades in Rhode Island, 1891 to 1930, is a superb manuscript contribution to the tradition of forecasting and recording atypical weather events. The headlines of newspaper articles pasted into the log are alarmingly like the ones we scroll past today. If these texts bear witness to our centuries-long fascination with the weather, then another tradition highlights our awareness of the dangers of fossil fuels. The collection includes a copy of Dud Dudley's Metallium Martis, 1665, the first printed account of the use of raw coal in iron production. The harmful effects of this new technology play out in the 19th century works of Robert Angus Smith, who coined the term acid rain 
and campaigned for the regulation of factory-induced pollution in Manchester. Also present in the collection are texts by William Morris and John Ruskin, who lamented the effort of atmospheric pollution on artistic expression. In 1881, Morris summed up his views on the rhetorical question, so which shall we have, art or dirt? The deluge of material in the following century, reports on infamous oil spills, increasingly stringent environmental legislation, and hurried attempts to cultivate alternative energies, have illustrated the consequences of prioritising dirt over art. The urgency of the climate crisis is reflected visually as well as textually in the collection. Ties between unlikely figures emerged, formerly separated by time and medium, but now linked through their concern for the environment. The bleak realities of deforestation are present in the frontispiece to Francis Mundy's verse Defence of Ancient Woodland from Enclosure, 1776 and 1808, and in Banksy's controversial Save or Delete poster for the Greenpeace campaign in 2002. 18th-century Malthusian prophecies found new life across the services of brightly coloured board games from the 1970s, like Overpopulation. The destructive hand of man, which Rachel Carson cautioned against in her commencement speech to Scripps College in 1962, is mirrored by Earth's clenched fist, seen on the cover of the Earth First journal. The iconic Earth Rise NASA photograph birthed a visual motif that graced Earth Day posters and counterculture magazines far and wide. An equally iconic but far less hopeful visualisation was the Keeling Curve from the 1976 report that conclusively confirmed the rapid increase of global atmospheric carbon dioxide levels. Throughout all this material, a timeline of firsts arose. The first application of the greenhouse metaphor, Ekholm, 1899, the first article to popularise the phrase global warming, Broca, 1975, and the first comprehensive assessment of global climate change because of carbon dioxide, Charney Report, 1979. These are just a few examples from a vast collection covering a vast topic. As the collection grew, it became a collaborative endeavour with scientists, writers, activists and artists bridging temporal and spatial divides, working towards a greater understanding of the issue. Beyond the Books For me, one of the great privileges of working on 100 Seconds to Midnight has been the real-life collaborations that have sprung up along the way. A couple of years into the project, we met the American collector David Wenner, and brought his exceptional climate science offering as a compliment. I was thrilled, not least because some papers had been on my wants list for a while. I also benefited from David's subject expertise and meticulous approach to sourcing obscure papers, whether that was sifting through back-issue magazine archives or approaching authors directly. We thought carefully about how to present the collection in an environmentally conscious manner, Rather than relying on an extensive print run for our catalogue, we decided on a digital approach. We were fortunate enough to work with the documentary producer John Ruthven and his team to create a 10-minute film about the collection. John, who worked on the Blue Planet series, is a long-time marine conservation advocate, so he was just as enthusiastic about the project as we were. 
We also established a charitable partnership with the World Land Trust, with whom we continue to work. We launched the collection publicly at Fries Masters in 2021, just a few weeks before COP26 in Glasgow. Since then, I have talked about climate and its print history from all angles with all kinds of people, climate scientists, members of Extinction Rebellion, journalists, museum curators, customers old and new. Everyone has lent a slightly different perspective to it. Looking to the future. Curating 100 Seconds to Midnight has been a challenge and an experience. It's not over yet. We will add the most recent IPCC working reports once they're published in hard copy in late 2022. We are excited to see where the collection goes, how it continues to grow, and what other connections we can draw. On a personal note, I have enjoyed working on a long-term project and learning from colleagues in the trade. I've also observed how the book trade excels when it combines academic rigour and commercial expertise. Nowhere is this more evident than in the catalogues that booksellers produce, which are immensely valuable references for dealers, librarians and academics alike. While it is hard to choose a favourite from the collection, one work that caught my imagination was the director's copy of the script for The Day the Earth Caught Fire, 1961. Considered one of the earliest films to tackle ecological concerns, its last scene takes place in a newspaper printing office, where typesetters have prepared two front pages for tomorrow's issue. One heading reads, World Saved, the other, World Doomed. We never find out which is put into circulation, and the film closes on a knife's edge, teetering between ominous and optimistic. I hope that 100 Seconds to Midnight walks a similar line by reflecting, through print, the concerns of the past, the urgency of the present, and the possibility of future change. That was Sarah Bennett reading 100 Seconds to Midnight, The Origin of a Catalogue on Climate Change, written by Emma Walsh and published in the Book Collector in our autumn issue for 2022. If you enjoyed this Book Collector podcast, you can find many more on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or via our website. You can subscribe to our journal at thebookcollector.co.uk for as little as £6 per month and get access to our complete digital archive. Visit thebookcollector.co.uk today.